Hey church, welcome back to our journey through the Psalms. Today we are going to be looking at Psalm 131. Like we mentioned on Sunday, Psalm 130 and Psalm 131 are linked together. They are a pair meant to be read together as songs of a sense. And when they're read that way, Psalm 130 is this cry for help um, in the midst of a trouble, out of the depths, we, someone's crying to the Lord, hoping in the Lord's forgiveness and redemption, but still in the midst of that problem, having to wait. And with that waiting, there's uncertainty. There's an uncertainty about how long this trouble will last, how long they will be in the depths. And there's uncertainty about how and when God will act and what that's going to look like. Psalm 131 then comes in with this psalm of of wisdom calling us to calm and quiet our souls in the midst of that, to not be proud or haughty. Let me just read it. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not get involved with things too great or too wondrous for me. Instead, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, My soul is like a weaned child. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever. The psalmist is not going to continue demanding in the midst of uncertainty, saying, God, tell me exactly how you're going to act. What are you going to do? Why is this happening? Where? What? When are you going to respond? No, the psalmist is, is calming and quieting his soul and just trusting in the Lord, not making too much of himself, but humbling himself before the Lord. Psalm 131, when when connected to Psalm 130, really reminds me of a way that theologians and and apologists have talked about the problem of evil for for a really long time. The problem of evil or the problem of suffering um, is why is there evil? Why is there suffering? Or as it's commonly said, why does God allow suffering? Um, And for a long time, theologians and apologists have said that maybe we just don't know. Now, sure, we know big picture stuff. We know that the biblical narrative tells us in Genesis chapter 3 that human beings rebelled against God, thus bringing suffering and death into this good world. And we know that the reason that human beings had the ability to choose that is because they were made in the image of God. God is free. And if God wants to create beings in his image, they too must be free. And so God creates free beings with the ability to choose, even if those choices are detrimental. But we still don't fully understand the problem of evil and the problem of suffering. And why does it happen to me? Why does it happen to these people or now or those personal questions of evil? But for a long time, people have struggled with this and And many wise and wonderful people have come to the conclusion that maybe we just can't know. And what we need to do is just trust in the Lord. But not just trust in the Lord. Trust that someday this will make sense. Not to say that there isn't an answer, but that maybe here in this place, in our brokenness, in our finiteness, we can't make sense of it. But that one day, God can possibly do something that will make sense of this, or will at least put us at peace with this. 
One of the most famous passages of scripture that's referred to in this comes from Romans chapter 8 when Paul says that the sufferings of this present world are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed. I see that same sort of hope in Psalm 130 and 131. The same sort of trust saying, I'm going to put my hope in the Lord even though I don't understand, even though I don't know how God's going to do it. I know that with him there is redemption in abundance. I know that somehow God can redeem this suffering, this trouble, even if I don't understand, even if it's too high, too great for me to understand. And so I'm going to choose to calm and quiet my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like a weaned child. Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forever. This psalm reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Fedor Dostoevsky in the Brothers Karamazov and I, I wonder, I'm just really curious now after revisiting, after looking at Psalm 131, if this was perhaps on Dostoevsky's mind when he wrote this. Uh, Dostoevsky was an Eastern Orthodox Christian, um, and the Psalms are used widely and, 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 and often in that tradition. In the Brothers Karamazov, Dostoevsky writes this, I believe like a child that suffering will be healed and made up for. That all the humiliating absurdity of human contradictions will vanish like a pitiful mirage, like the despicable fabrication of the impotent and infinitely small Euclidean mind of man. That in the world's finale, at the moment of eternal harmony, something so precious will come to pass that it will suffice for all hearts, for the comforting of all resentments, for the atonement of all the crimes of humanity, of all the blood that's, that they've shed, that it will make it not only possible to forgive, but to justify all that has happened. I think for a long time, I thought that that quote was rooted in Romans 8, but the child part, I believe like a child, suffering will be healed and made up for, points me more to a Psalm 130 and 131 understanding. And the reality that he talks about the impotent and infinitely small Euclidean mind of man, this idea that no, we can't understand it now. We don't have the capacity. We are infinitely small, but that somehow... God can, in that moment of eternal harmony, make something so precious come to pass that it will suffice. That God will be able to reveal a glory so great that even this suffering, which can feel overwhelming at times, can be made up for. Church, the psalm is calling us to have this sort of trust in the Lord like a child trusting their parents when they have to get a shot or a vaccine, even though they don't understand why or, or, or what good it does, but they know that their parents have their best interest in heart. We need to learn to calm and quiet our soul, to quiet our Euclidean mind that is impotent and infinitely small, to stop demanding that everything makes sense to us first, and instead trusting in God. Trusting that even in the midst of mounting suffering, and Dostoevsky knew suffering. He had seen a, a, a horrid amount of suffering in the work camps that he was in for 
15 years, I think. And still he could imagine a way that this God who has plenteous redemption could make up for that, could justify all of that, something so beautiful that could make an atonement for all the crimes of humanity. Church, let us put our hope in the Lord, both now and forever, knowing that with this God, there is faithful love and redemption in abundance.